let's be real. Home is the place where all of the beautiful goodness Christ taught crashes headfirst into the ugly brick wall that is real life. But this is also where it starts to really matter. This is where we equip ourselves and our family with all of the tools, skills, and whatchamacallits vital to succeed in Christ. Join us in our journey to find light, positivity, and specific practical ways to make our homes little outposts of heaven so we can better brighten wherever we end up wandering. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Outposts of Heaven, the podcast. This is Emily, your host, with my co-host, Andrew. (laughs) Thank you for that that wonderful introduction. Uh, Yeah, we're super excited you guys have decided to join us for this week's episode of Outposts of Heaven, the podcast. Uh, If you are joining us for the first time, our goal here is to talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ and how we apply it in our everyday lives and kind of do it in a relaxed, natural, non-preachy Conversation. So, because I think sometimes when we talk about principles of the gospel, it is really easy to talk about them from like a doctrinal perspective or your standard emotional response perspective. Do you know what I mean by that? What do you mean by standard emotional response? So I think we because have that's like, what I feel like I always am doing. Well, I feel like, like we have like these just emotional like responding. built in. No, no, no. I mean, I'm not saying having emotional responses. I think we like have these culturally acceptable ways of engaging with things, and we think, okay, this happened. I should feel this thing. Right? I should have this emotional response. Oh, does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Someone had a touching testimony. I should cry, or like, like I'm, I'm feeling the spirit. I had someone tell me this, and, and I looked at them, and I was just baffled. They said, "I can't." Like this person obviously wasn't feeling the spirit because they weren't crying at all. What? I was like, "What are you talking about?" Ah, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, but but what I'm saying is, we have, there are kind of like scripts that are easy to follow, Mm -hmm. whether that's verbal scripts or emotional scripts or like behavioral scripts that are easy for us to follow. Mm -hmm. And I think real devotion to the Lord, in my opinion, is taking it to the next level. I don't think those like scripts are bad. I think they teach us and train us. Um, But I think we can get more if we, if we, Start writing our own script with the Lord. Right. Well, it's kind of like your testimony, right? Like you, you build on what your parents, hopefully your parents have taught you uh-huh. or what your leaders have taught you. And you use that as like your guide and your model. But eventually you have to break off of that and make your own. Right. So. And I, I think sometimes we are quick. And I say we, I'm including myself in that. We're quick to look down or talk negatively about things like church culture or um, things being rote. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think sometimes we underrate or we undervalue the power of, of good church culture and of, of the power of, of culture to teach people how to do certain things, right? Because as you, as you engage in the culture and if the culture is generally focused on the Savior, granted there's, you know, bits and pieces that kind of just ended up in there that aren't inspired or they're just kind of part of the the thing mm-hmm. uh, because of our cultural backgrounds before and the backgrounds that we the backgrounds and contexts we find ourselves in now but if generally it points us towards Christ and it gives us a script to follow it makes it 
easier for us to get to a deeper point. Whereas if you didn't have that script to follow, it'd be very difficult to find your way along the path. Right? Like it's in some ways it is like the iron rod. Mm-hmm. Right? So like the like the script like the culture helps us find our way at least to the iron rod. Maybe that's a better way of describing it. Because iron rod yeah. is the word of God. Right. Right. Uh, for those of you who are not members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we're, we'll be talking about some concepts that are might be particularly applicable to Latter-day Saints, but are generally applicable to anyone who believes in Christ. So in the Book of Mormon, there's a prophet named Lehi, and he has a vision that his son subsequently receives to kind of explain what his father's vision was about. And there was this big empty wilderness, and then there were dangerous things all over the place and a uh, Lehi saw a iron rod leading towards what we call the tree of life right and the tree of life represents the love of of Christ for for all man or all mankind and the iron rod was the thing that led you through the you know through the wilderness to get you to the tree of life so I think the church culture and Cultural and church cultural scripts, if you will, are very beneficial in getting you to the iron rod. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, and so I, I'm not one who overly criticizes church culture. I think church culture is actually a really good thing. And people are be like, "Well, it's bad." Like, well, <laughs> you're going to have some culture somewhere, right? Like, it's impossible right. to not have a culture. And so, if you're going to have to have a culture. Church culture is a pretty good one to have, even yeah. if you might say that there are problems with it, yada, yada. There's, I mean, no culture is perfect. Yeah. So I mean, there's like, a problem we, with every culture. Right. Until we get to the culture, of, the pure culture of Christ. Yeah. And even then, I'm not even so, I'm not even sold on the idea that there is a quote unquote culture of Christ that is entirely independent of all other cultures. Right. Like, I don't think Christ's culture will have norms on. Like, I don't think there's one cultural standard that is completely correct. And saying that there is means that, like, there's that every culture is. This is a tangent. We don't talk about this. (laughs) But I I think it's an interesting thought. And I I think that there's a lot to be gained from that discussion. Mm -hmm. But that's not what we're talking about today. Well, we're talking still very heavily on, like, a, a very important, serious gospel topic yes um we recently were in an interview and one of the questions that was asked us was how do we access the atonement of jesus christ yeah this is our stake president looked at us like first thing he said yeah first thing he said was hey guys thank you for sitting down with me how do you access the the atonement of jesus christ in your lives yeah and that's a lot deeper of a question than I had originally. Like, on the spot, I just, like, word vomited. and But then I spent the last two weeks thinking about a response and what that question really means to me and what, what my real answer is, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, and I did the same thing. We, we, we gave some answers there, and I, I don't think they were bad answers. I think they were they answers. They just didn't hit. They, didn't, they missed the mark. I don't think they missed the mark. Minded. I don't think it did <laughs> miss the mark. No, I don't think it did miss the mark. Right. I think you are, uh, as per usual, self-deprecating. Oh, I hate that about myself. <laughs> 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 
Every, everything I say is self-deprecating. I must be so annoyed to be around. You're not. You're not. Okay. So I think you were. Uh, you gave a great answer. Uh, I think that we both gave better answers two weeks later as mm-hmm. we were talking to each other, thinking about this more, which is good, right? Because if you're going to spend two right. weeks studying and pondering about something and trying to apply principles of the gospel, I would hope that you would be better and different and more have a better, deeper or more deep understanding of that principle. So when you were put on the spot with this question, what did you say? I mean, I was right there, but our listeners were. Right. So my initial reaction was to kind of repeat something that we had discussed in the class that I had taught right before, so I'm really lucky enough. I'm really lucky enough to be able to teach the, we call it our "Come Follow Me" basics class. So it's a "Come Follow" uh, talking about "Come Follow Me." So for, again, for those of you who are not members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, or for those of you who are members of the church but haven't been paying close attention to what we've been talking about in Sunday school, "Come Follow Me" is a standardized curriculum that the whole church follows, every language, all around the world. And it's a week-by-week study of a particular passage of Scripture. And over the course of a year, we study one book of Scripture. So this year we're studying Old Testament. What did you say? I was just going to say, so this year we're studying the Old Testament? (laughs) Yes. This year we are studying the Old Testament, and we were talking about... Oh gosh, I can't remember whom we were talking... About whom we were talking... I think we were talking about Psalms or Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. That's what it was. And... We were talking about the Holy Ghost and the role of the Holy Ghost. And I was saying that this... <laughs> I'm saying this, realize I'm not entirely sure how doctrinally sound this is. Like, I don't, th- I don't know if I would ever teach this. Someone had just asked me this during the class. Mm-hmm. And it was in a very like, informal discussion type setting. And so I said, I, I, though, as the more I've thought about this, the more I, I've come to this conclusion that one of the, the one of the primary, if not the primary role of the Holy Ghost, is not to give us answers, but to change us. And when we are exposed to the influence of the Holy Ghost, both actively and passively, we change. So the more we are exposed to the Spirit, we change. And I said, for me, being increasing the frequency and the depth of that exposure to the Holy Ghost is how I primarily access the Atonement of Jesus Christ. So I increase how much time I'm spending uh, reading the scriptures and listening to good music and watching good shows, talking to my wife about spiritual things. All of the things that increase my spiritual sensitivity increase how much the atonement of Jesus Christ is able to change me. That's a great answer. That was my answer. No, I think that's that's a wonderful answer and something that... Um, Stop. Yeah. Whatever you're about to say, it can't be self-deprecating. I'm not. Go ahead. No. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say that something that the state president said to us is 
how amazing and awesome it is that we all can access the atonement of Jesus Christ in different ways. Mm-hmm. And it's important that we can all bear testimony and share what those ways are so that everybody else understands that that we're all different and that there's no one formula. There's no one, like, if you do this, then this, and voila, you've unlocked the atonement of Jesus Christ and... You are, right. you know, there's no, there's no like magic formula here. Right. So what did you say? So I said, I was, I was very like, I don't know. I don't do well under pressure. <laughs> and so I, I did turn on that a little bit of like that self-deprecating. I pushed that button. It was stupid. Anyways. <laughs> it, I told you, you can't be self-deprecating. <laughs> now that I made a point not to be, I'm, it's like, so during, I, so, I haven't told you this, but I'm yeah. maybe start doing this to you. So mm-hmm. during our missionary coordination discussion each yeah. week, so I'm, uh, I'm involved with the the missionary work in our ward, mm-hmm. and so I I have to run a missionary coordination discussion each week to coordinate the work between the ward and the various organizations, or between the ward, the missionaries and the various organizations and ward missionaries of the ward, and I. But trying to figure out how to get one of our youth to be more involved in the discussion. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, like, hey, what would make this less or this meeting more engaging for you and help you like want to participate more? And he said, Don't talk about things that are not relevant to the meeting. I said, That is a great idea. So I'm gonna give you a pink Book of Mormon because someone had painted Book of Mormon pink and left it in their room. And I said, every time someone talks about something that's not relevant, you raise this Book of Mormon and like give us a pink card. So okay. every time you are self-deprecating, I'm going to raise a card and I'm going to card you. You're going to card me? <laughs> that's a soccer thing. Oh, know. yeah, I know. Okay. So I when I was asked this question, my initial thought was... I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet because I feel so overwhelmed as a mom of young kids. I feel like I have no like quality spiritual time. And when I do, I'm like, I don't know exactly what to do with it. And I feel like it's not enough. And so I kind of just surprise, surprise, spiral. (laughs) Um, This is a very... Your recollection of this event does yeah. not accurately represent what you said. Okay, maybe not, but this is how I felt. Okay, this is not what you said, though. Maybe you should say what I said, then. Well, finish your, okay. your thing, and then I'll tell you how you Well, were wrong well from and... what I remember, I just, I was like, I don't, like, I know that my spirit wants quiet and peace and, like, very intentional time to do gospel study, to have good prayers, to... Um, to just have like my own time with mm-hmm. Heavenly Father, and I feel like I can't get it. Like it's unattainable. Like I just am so in the depths of young early motherhood that that there is no quality time, and so that I'm I'm still trying to figure out how I can enjoy and like access the atonement of Jesus Christ if I don't have those quiet moments so this is different you said something similar and your memory of this is more self-deprecating than what you actually said (laughs) it's just hilarious you you did say was the way you access the atonement is through quiet peaceful 
meditation yes. and pondering yes. uh, and that moment those like interactions with the with the savior that's how you say you access the atoning atoning mm-hmm. power of Jesus yes. Christ and you did say you struggle to find that as much as you would like it like that time mm-hmm. because of having four littles and so you would like to increase how much time you have to meditate and to ponder but right. like when you have that time, that's when you are able to access the power yeah. of atonement. So that's and very different from what you're saying. No, you're right. You're right. And that's that's very true. But I also, I can't wait around for those days to come. Yeah. And well, so and, and I, I think. think I th- so I think maybe we should stop this this part of the discussion and instead talk about what exactly the atonement of Jesus Christ is. Mm -hmm. Because I think after listening to your answer and listening to my answer, it seems like we had different understandings of what the atonement of Jesus Christ is. And I think maybe if we can work that out, it might, we might be able to get to a better, clearer spot so we can Mm -hmm. know how to access the atonement of Jesus Christ. And like President Jones said, it doesn't, he's our, our stake president. Like President Jones said, it's different for everybody. But if we can kind of better understand it, or at least work out our own personal understanding of what it is, we might be able to get to a better place. And this this conversation is not meant to be an exhaustive examination of what the atoning power of Jesus Christ is, and every scripture that discusses it, or every facet no, of, this of is it. Brief. This is us talking about how are we applying this in our own lives. Yeah. So, if you're looking for some scholarly scholarly dissertation on that, we're sorry to disappoint you. Emily's not sorry. She she definitely wouldn't want me to do that. <laughs> yeah. So, so the atonement of Jesus Christ is, and please correct me if I go wrong on here. Okay. Well, yeah. Let's just talk about what we think it is, right? Because I think it's one thing. I think is interesting is sometimes we talk about the atonement of Jesus Christ as if, as if it's like. A separate spiritual power, or like the priesthood, or or like some extra thing, or like some spiritual entity. But the brethren, especially, I think it was Elder Bednar, clearly taught that the atonement of Jesus Christ is not some amorphic thing, right? It was an event. Mm-hmm. So the atonement is a, an event, I guess, is the best way to describe it. And the atoning power of Jesus Christ that that the Savior gained because of his atonement is what acts on us in our lives. Right? That's one reason they've emphasized this idea that we shouldn't just say, oh, the atonement. Because it's not just some amorphic atonement. It is the atonement of Jesus Christ. And the Savior uses the power that he gained from his atoning sacrifice to bless us and strengthen us and change us and all that stuff. So, with that preface, what is the atonement of Jesus Christ? And how do we, and not the how do we access part, just what is it? So, from what I understand, the atonement of Jesus Christ is like the events of his suffering in the Garden of Gethsemane combined with his crucifixion on the cross on... What is that called? Gal... Not Galilee. Golgotha. Not Golgotha, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's 
it's him taking upon like our pains and sins and afflictions and every single thing that we've gone through um and like dying and sacrificing himself on our behalf and, and I would emphasize the resurrection. The resurrection is part of the atonement of Jesus Christ. Yes. And I would say that's I like... I think it kind of... Yeah, in my mind, it just kind of stops at the crucifixion. But. And when we talk about the atoning sacrifice, that's what it is, mm-hmm. right? And somebody's going to write and be like, Andrew, you're an idiot. And you're probably right. <laughs> but, and this is just my understanding, so this is not... we're not like... I'm not We're like, not like on the podcast as like official church leaders, like trying to... Yeah, this is literally Andrew and Emily. Yep. Like, that's it. Yep, if I had a tie, <laughs> I'd be throwing it over my back right now. Yeah. So, I would say that there are, like, the big events of the atonement, which are the things you listed out, like mm-hmm. his suffering in the Garden of Gethsemane and on the cross, and then him allow, or he allowing himself to die on the cross, and then taking his life back, or like coming back, like bringing, resurrecting himself. So those are like the big actions of the atonement of Jesus Christ that gave him the power to, I would suggest, finish the atonement, finish the atonement of, of Christ, because the idea of atonement is making us at one with God. Mm-hmm. Right? Or in. in but we ro- can't be like at yeah. one with him. If we're not resurrected, is that what you're saying? So we can't. So, so it's that's part of it. Okay. Um, but him just doing those things doesn't make us at one with God, right? Mm-hmm. There's a process that we have to engage in to become at one with God, and we're not going to go into all of the details of. Of like what we believe happens in the next life and and all of the things that all the places you can end up or all the different all that fun stuff. If you want to know about that and you're not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, I have some friends with black name tags that would love to come <laughs> teach you about the plan of salvation. But the the fulfillment of the atonement of Jesus Christ in our lives didn't happen at the at the tomb. It happens when we access the atoning power of Christ in our lives and we allow him to make us at one with God. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that I I mean moving on a little bit from this. Okay. I think that 2 weeks ago I saw the atonement of Jesus Christ as like this this thing, right, that, like, oh, it, this is going to make me, like, behave better. Or, like, <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I would pray and be, like, like, <laughs> that sounds so stupid. No, stop, stop. Card, card, <laughs> card, card. I'm just embarrassed, okay? <laughs> so, I would pray that, that it, it, like, these rote prayers, like, help me be patient, help me be kind, help me. Help me, like, not yell. Help me, you know. And then I would, like, really forget about him or the atonement and then just, like, rely on myself and my own behavior instead of, like, trying to let him change me. It's like I was waiting for these behaviors to change or, like, taking it upon myself to be, like, to be in charge when really he's, he's in charge. 
I'm gonna, I'm, 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 gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna pull a, another card say you're self-deprecating I don't think you are when you're praying to be patient I don't think it's a or I don't think it's a rote, rote well it, it is rote but it's sincere roteness <laughs> then it's therefore not rote okay well I think so, of rote as like repetitive is that not the right definition no so rote's like repetitive without feeling Oh, okay. Well, no. It has feeling, because I really do want to be patient. (laughs) Saying the same thing over and over again, that's not rote. Okay. Right? Okay. So, I think you are sincere in that. Yes. Based off of our discussion, the realization we both had is when we try and access the Atonement of Jesus Christ, it's not just to give us power to change our behavior. Right, mm-hmm. it's to give us power to, or it's not even really for us to do it. It's to change us. Right. It's asking him to change our nature as opposed to ch- to empowering us to change our behavior. Right. Like and we do have to make behavioral changes, but like we can't change who we, our we, like our nature. Right. Like heaven or not heavenly father. Heavenly father doesn't do it either. Isn't it just through Jesus Christ? He does. Heavenly Father does it by the power of the Father. So, wait, what? Tomato, tomato. <laughs> okay. like, essentially the same thing. Right? Tomato, tomato. Yeah, that would be an interesting question to ask the general authority. Yeah, but directly, it's the power of of Jesus Christ, yeah. and I would suggest that it is primarily implemented by the presence of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Like that's that, like the Holy Ghost. I think is like the medium through which we access the atoning power of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So when you have the the Spirit in your life, you're exposed to exposed to spirituality. You're exposed. You have a stronger connection with God, and that connection with God is the thing that like pumps in the the um, the atoning power of Jesus Christ, and that's what changes you. <laughs> What? Are you laughing at my imagery? Thinking about myself as a Diet Coke. (laughs) (laughs) Pumped full of, like, coconuts. You're so funny. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So, where where were we on this topic? Well, Uh, how did your perception change? I think it changed in a real similar way. I think the thing that really hit me is... the following week, we both had a, a strong spiritual experience that left us kind of shaken and, and asking lots of, not questions as in like we were questioning your testimony. It was just a, Heavenly Father, I don't understand what this means, or I don't understand how to interpret this thing. Mm-hmm. And through that process of really l- turning to him to find those answers, I realized that I was still looking at improvement and change as something that was primarily on my shoulders. Yes, same. Yeah. And I I realized, oh, I have these problems that I've been struggling with for a long time, in part because I have just been asking Heavenly Father to help me have the strength of will to do it yourself, to do it myself. Not with those words, but no, like, but like essentially, but that's what you mean, and that's what I mean too. Like, but it's all on my shoulders, right? But it's not. And I was thinking about changing who I am by changing my behavior, and I think there is some power in that. There's some natural power, some natural cause and effects. Like, if you do certain things, who you are is going to change over time. 
But to have like that real deep-seated change, like to really become like our Savior Jesus Christ, it's going to take more than just uh, some band-aid fixes on my behavior and personality. Right, because pe- like people, just thinking here, people that don't have any knowledge about the Savior, they can make really good changes in their lives on their own. Mm-hmm. But like to to really enjoy like the fullness of the like the blessings and power of change, like. The, you need to accept the Savior's atonement. Right. And, and I would even say that it is possible to benefit from the atonement of Jesus Christ without being baptized and be, being given the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yes. I but I think, like, obviously, the greatest blessings come mm, when you do. To, to unlock it, to have yeah. the promise of the companionship of the Holy Ghost at all times, yeah. in all places, doing, it all thing, doing all things. That are good, I guess. There's a caveat there. There's an asterisk. Uh, th- that is how you gain full access or more full access to the atonement of Jesus Christ and the atoning power of Jesus Christ. And you were saying something else. Oh, yeah. So people can change mm-hmm. by doing good things that are right. But I think there's an X factor that we miss or that we we need if we want to really get better and that is having the companionship of the holy ghost and then actively asking to be changed Mm -hmm. and recognizing that you are not the primary actor in evoking that change or invoking invoking that change evoking i don't know if it's evoking or invoking i don't know either that's in good. or evoking that change. And that was a huge game changer for me. Even and that really happened a weekish ago. Right. And I think it's pretty amazing that we kind of came to the same conclusion. Yeah. And I think we were definitely both prepared for it. Yeah. Uh, and if you have realized this your whole life, you're like, wow, guys, you're idiots. <laughs> like, you're- I kind of thought about that before recording. I was like, watch, everyone else knows this already. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you guys are a bunch of idiots. Probably. That's probably accurate. Uh, but for those of you who are like us um, and you're trying to figure this thing out and you have misconceptions, and I'm sure we still have, I, I know 100% oh, yeah, we have misconceptions. Not, we don't have a perfect understanding. And we're going to learn more as we go. Yeah. Uh, but this was a, a real game changer in how we apply the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because now when I say my prayers, I don't say, Heavenly Father, help me do this thing better. I say, Heavenly Father, I'm struggling with this, and I don't know how to make myself feel different and be different. I know I can like force myself to push away those thoughts, like judging people. That's an easy one. Like I can force myself to push away those judgmental thoughts, but I've I feel like I've been in this rut for a really long time where I haven't really gotten any better. I just consistently try and push away the thoughts, but it ends up seeping into how I interact with people and the things I say and the things I think and and the feelings I have. And I need you to change me. Please. So that you don't even have those judgmental thoughts. Right. Which goes back to a a conversation we've had before. This has kind of been my my shtick with, um, with gentle parenting for mm-hmm. a long time. Mm-hmm. It's or it's not just gentle parenting, but this idea of like validating feelings 
it's because when you when you're saying we need to validate feelings, um, you're saying that hey, this feeling is legitimate, and I would say that no, not all feelings are legitimate. Like the fact that you are having a feeling, if I'm if validating means you're having this feeling, good job. Like or not good job. Like good job in like a sarcastic <laughs> way. Like you're having this feeling. Having the feeling isn't a good, isn't a positive or a negative. It's just there, and you need to like recognize you're having that feeling. I'm okay with that form of validation, but when it's a, hey, any feeling is a legitimate feeling, and like therefore, um, has as much of a not right but like moral authority as any other feeling, that I vehemently disagree with. Because I think it denies the the fact that we need to be better and have the Savior change us. And if we if all feelings are equal, we can't say, Father, can you change this initial feeling I'm having? You have to change you have to have him change you. Yeah. Yeah. That was very insightful. And I'm really excited to keep applying this. Yeah, I totally it's am. It's only too. been like a little bit for us. Yeah. So. And so when still now with this understanding, mm-hmm. how do you access the atoning power of Jesus Christ? And what does that mean and look like? And what does it do? That was a lot of questions. Can Sorry. You back up? <laughs> uh, how do you access the atoning power of Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. And what does it do? Well, I think that my prayers are changing. Well, I know my prayers are changing. And that's... It's not changing just like my prayer, but it's changing my my day, how my days go, mm-hmm. because like the chaos remains. <laughs> That's not gonna change. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like I said in the beginning, like I can't wait around for a quiet moment all the time. You know, I, I can't just wait and then like let the chaos dictate when I when I can have some gospel time or some spiritual time. You know, so I've been praying to help. Him or for him to change me, you know, change my nature, change my character into being more patient, loving, and kind instead of just asking him to help me work on my behaviors. And I think that throughout the day, like, I can, like, it's almost like I'm feeling the Holy Ghost with me more instead of just like waiting for myself to screw up during the day and then being like, like self-deprecating really and then asking him to like help me fix it or like repenting and then like help help me do better help me do this and then i just like cycle and i just get so spirally Mm -hmm. so instead it's been very much like the holy ghost is with me during the day and i feel that and i feel like yeah i'm making mistakes but like i have faith that he's changing my nature as i'm doing the best that i can so so I, I just feel better. So in short, but how are you accessing it? Like, what are you doing to access it? Uh, I don't, like, my prayers are changing, I guess. My, my prayers Some are more intentional prayers? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I think... <laughs> that it, sounds way too simple. But I think that the right answers usually are. I think yeah. it's a... I think it's a, a... An approach. I think it's a humility in your in your prayers. I think it's a... Well, let me just say what I was thinking. Yeah, it's going to go okay. along exactly with what you're saying. I think that the big change for me is just is how I'm approaching change. 
So when I say accessing the power of the or the atoning power of Jesus Christ, what I mean is the Savior is actively changing who I am. That's what I mean, plain and simple. And whether that's actively being cleansed from a sin, like an act of sin I committed, or it's improving me so I'm not committing sins of omission or just making me a better husband. Because sin is just anything that is not godly behavior. Mm-hmm. Right? And so we can always... We're it doesn't always, have to be robbing a bank. Right. Like we're always someone. in sin because <laughs> yeah. of who, like where we're at in, in this world. Um, because if we are just... If we are imperfect, we are sinful. And the process of being cleansed from that sin requires the atoning power of Jesus Christ. And I think the biggest change for me is that instead of praying and asking for the atoning power of Jesus Christ to enable me to act better and then listening to the Spirit and trying to look for spiritual promptings so that I can act better, so that I can be better, I am asking Heavenly Father to bless me with and change me because I am fallen and I am sinful and I can't get better by myself and I need him to intervene. So like and then really when, and, and then, let me just finish this real quick okay. thing. And and during the day how that affects how my approach to things, I'm looking to feel the spirit more not so I can know which actions I need to take to be a better person but so that I can increase how much of the spirit I'm feeling in my life so the Lord can more actively make those changes. So my actions are primarily driven by a desire to increase the amount of the spirit in my life as opposed to affect the changes that I'm looking for because I'm trusting that the Savior is the one who's really affecting those changes and not me. Mm-hmm. Sorry, what were we going to say? Oh, well, I don't remember, but it got me thinking just now that, like, I just sometimes want Heavenly Father to tell me exactly what to do. Like, give me a checklist and I'll do it. And I think that's you are a checklist kind gal. of, like, related to what you are saying because, like, you want, like, you want so badly to see what changes need to be made and to do them when, like, sometimes we just need to step back and let him do his thing. And we make the changes as he sees fit, if that right. makes sense. Well, and I think what I was saying is I, I was more like that. I was right, more, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think you're right. I, so my, my goals have changed in receiving promptings and receiving help from the Spirit, right? So I'm less concerned with the Spirit enabling me to make better choices and to, like, have better behavior. And I'm much more concerned with making choices that will increase the amount of the spirit in my life so the the savior can more rapidly change who i am and i i i feel like language is failing me in my ability to convey this because in my head there's a really clear distinction but i think it's not coming out as clear so hopefully people are getting what i'm trying to (laughs) what i'm throwing down here but it was as a powerful distinction for me and if i can think about it if I can 
better put it to words i will somehow get it out there so <laughs> can hear it and maybe i'm just not meant to be able to explain it well and this is something that you guys have to f- just figure out for yeah, yourself yeah. if that's w- how the lord wants you to interact with with him and access right. the atoning power of jesus christ yeah. so okay. well this has been those awesome. are lots of words yes um one of the thing i just want to say mm-hmm. is again oh i just hit the mic the atoning power of Jesus Christ is the power that the Savior gained by going through the things that he did to become the perfect judge and and gain the ability and the right to make us at one with, with the Father, to advocate for us, to redeem us, whichever word you want to use, this idea of of making us holy again so we can be in the presence of God. And that is something that is inherently beyond our capability. We can't earn our way there. We can't become like we can't just become better through self-help books or through self-discipline. Those are self-discipline is important, and it's essential for long-term progress and for I think really accessing the atonement of Jesus Christ. But not for the reasons we typically think. So we are self-disciplined, not so that we can force ourselves to be better. We're self-disciplined so we can enjoy, or so that we can make choices that will bring the Spirit in our life more. And the Spirit is the thing that changes us. I love that. That's a great, great note to end on. Okay. So, anything else on that? No, on this no. Topic? Okay. No, loves great. and less than loves. Baby, you want to go first? Yeah. So. I, have, I have both. I have a love and less than love. Okay. So... I think last time we talked about my love of like pioneer books, my my pioneer romance books, but they're not really romantic. They're just like family books. Um. Anyways, so I feel like I'm just kind of turning into the ladies in those books. Yeah, I got home and she was wearing a dress and an apron. <laughs> yeah, like sweeping. No, I wasn't sweeping. I, I did have a baby on my hip, though, I think. <laughs> um, I had to walk up to her and said, Babe, can you, uh, can you make me a sandwich? <laughs> she was like, yes, honey, I will. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just, like, really loving, like, the old-fashionedness of everything and just, like, craving old-fashioned ways. Uh-huh. And um, some of that is being kind of, like, manifest through wearing my dresses and apron and uh <laughs> and uh tending like lots of tending the garden and um homemaking things i don't know it's been really fun prepping basil for long-term storage and yeah. all that good stuff i made a really yummy pork roast tonight that i've never done before that was fun and i just like perfected our granola recipe Oh, yeah, it's so good. It's so good. I wouldn't say it's healthy, but it's really tasty. <laughs> it's <very, laughs> It's really tasty. It's very tasty. Anyways, so, yeah, just just call me Ma Ingalls. Ma Ingalls? Who's Ingalls? Little House on the Prairie. I, was, I actually never read that, that book. I don't think I've read all of them. I've read most of them, but I watched, like, all of the movies. Of course so. you did. Yeah. I actually already forgot my lesson love, so I'll just do my love. Okay. I am loving a new group called Celtic Worship. <laughs> I listen to them all the time. They have two albums. I feel like we music. get into these like weird niche kicks. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm loving this group. It's just called Celtic Worship. You can look them up on Apple Music. I'm sure they have like, stuff on Spotify. Yeah. Uh, 
but they have a couple really, really good songs. And all their stuff's pretty good, but some of their stuff, for some reason, just feels like ancestral and cultural <laughs> that they're singing with Irish <laughs> accents, and then they have they have Irish instruments in there. Yeah. And I love it. I listen to it all the time. I listen to it literally all day at work now, the past week. That's so funny. We're like going back to our roots, our ancestral yeah, roots. Yeah, the funny thing is I don't... I only have. Oh, I have. You don't have Irish. I, I think have, I have some. A Irish. I have some Irish. The Irish I do have, though, I think, are actually Scots that moved to Ireland for a little bit mm. and then went back to Scotland <laughs> or back to England. Yeah. Or moved over to England, I guess. And so I don't have much Irish. I have a lot of Scottish, but not a lot of Irish. Do you say a lot of Scotch? I feel like I'm. You have a lot of scotch? Like, you drink a lot? <laughs> I, I have a lot of Scottish and a lot of Welsh and whatnot. But, yeah. so, but still, like, it, it feels very ancestral and, and like, kind of tribal. Yeah, just, like, it. take us back a few hundred years. Yep, I want <laughs> air conditioning and antibiotics, though. Yeah, I guess those are good things. <laughs> no, they're very good things. <laughs> yeah, they are. Antibiotics are wonderful, wonderful things. Yes. Otherwise, you die from an ear infection. Oh, I can't even imagine. Can you imagine ear infections? So Dying by ear infection would be, like, the worst way to go. Oh it's like, gosh. hang me, like, draw and quarter me. Just don't let me die by an ear infection oh. or a toothache. What if you had to die by a tooth infection? That would... No, ear infection might be a worse way to go. Yeah, because could would you, you rather just, die by ear you infection? Just like rip your tooth out and then it would be done. No, because like you can like get in your jawbone. Oh, really? Yeah. Blech, gross. So would you rather die by ear infection or tooth infection? Probably tooth infection. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I had an ear infection last year, this year, in like February or something, and it hurts so bad. I was just like crying. It hurt so bad. Yeah. And I got on antibiotics, and then then it was better. Yes. So, good thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, anyways. Yeah. So, I think I would also choose death by tooth infection. If I had to choose one way. If I had to choose a tooth or an infection to die from, it'd be tooth. Ear infection, I think, would be awful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, there we go. We well, have decided. Yeah. But we like antibiotics. <laughs> we love you guys. Keep the faith. Bye.